I want to welcome everyone to our, to our second week of our current teaching series called Emojis. In this series, we're kind of studying how to navigate emotions, and particularly the emotions represented by the emojis. And that's because, you know, emotions are, are a good thing. It's given to us by God. When we manage them well, when we respond to them well, our lives are healthier and more enjoyable. But when we do not manage them well, when we do not navigate them well, how when we do not respond to these God-given emotions, they can wreak havoc in our lives, right? Now this week, we're looking at anger. I want to show you the normal emoji for anger, right? Okay. Last week I showed you that was my wife, right? So now, so for today's sermon, for today's purpose, let's define anger. Anger is a signal that something is uncomfortable, right? Wrong, undesirable. It's a feeling of intense displeasure, disdain, or discontent. I want to pause and say this. Anger is not necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of gotten a bad rap, right? My words. As I've said before, it's actually a God thing. You want to go back over the summer, we actually did a sermon from Angry Birds, the movie, right? Actually, Mike did it, and we had the whole Angry Bird up here and everything, and how, how God has given us anger. And, and when we submit to God and His mighty hand, He will use that emotion in a powerful way to change lives and to change our families, to change the world, in fact, right? And we actually gave some examples where we had a missionary come that we support and talked about how he was filled with this anger to help people who were starving, who were hurting uh, in, I believe it was India, correct? Okay. And he's using college students from the University of Massachusetts and working through those students to accomplish this Freedom Cafe in India. Okay, moving on. Now, anger seems, though, to be attached to negative behaviors and negative outcomes. It, it, it is. It's often attached. So to hear that anger isn't bad might kind of, I don't know, confuse you. Because if you've been around a block a few times in this thing we call Christianity, you've been in church a long time, you've read scriptures and heard of voices, uh, verses and voices. <laughs> Put, you know, rid yourself of anger, Colossians 3.8. Get rid of all bitterness and anger. In Ephesians 4, 30, 31, we'll be in Ephesians today, and actually that comes right after it. But we want to, if we don't look at the context of a scripture, what surrounds it, other principles, other teachings, then we would, you know, kind of get and derive a meaning that's inconsistent with what God intended, right? So, these verses that you're familiar with, they are telling us to absolutely steer, steer clear of not the emotion of anger, but the unhealthy, negative human response to anger, right? Anger that can be sinful, that is sinful, and that can cause so much hurt and has caused so much hurt in our lives. Are you with me? All right, so we're going to jump into the book of Ephesians. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 27. The verse is going to be up here on the screen behind me. And it says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 27, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Now, now what is this verse saying? It's saying a handful of things, but let's start with this. One thing it is saying is that there is a way to have anger without sinning. Meaning, if we, it's talking about how we deal with anger, and if we don't deal with it in a good way, then what do we do? We give the devil a place, a position in our lives. Huh? We allow the emotion of human anger to wreak havoc 
And it now becomes a conduit to our adversary, Satan. We do. We, there's a God, there's a devil, there's good, there's evil. And the devil himself is in that. You've got to believe that this morning. Does that you got to believe that? I don't know. <laughs> my, my, I'll recover. I'll get there. Okay. Tony Montana. Just, just scrap that, right? Okay. The devil himself is in this way of being. And the Bible says that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy to damage our lives, to destroy, ultimately to bring us to damnation, meaning apart from God for eternity. So we don't want to let that happen. Remember the first emoji I showed you, the kind of traditional one? Well, here's the emoji, right? Huh? For the devil, right? The re- I mean, that's, that's the emoji that you want to be avoiding. Huh? That's the bad anger. That's the ungodly, unhealthy anger that might be existing in your life right now, that you might have been living out in different ways and, you, and you've never really taken note of it until this morning. We want to help you with that. Huh? We don't want you to give this guy, well, it could be a gal, I don't know, but whatever it is, a foothold in your life, a position and a place of great influence in your life. And if that is existing in your life today, to today, by the grace of God and to God's glory, that will change, Yes? So we want to look into our lives this morning, and we want to be honest. God, Holy Spirit, give us courage this morning that we can be honest to you and honest with ourselves. That's a good start in life, right? If you can't be honest with God, and you can't be honest with yourself, and if you can't be honest with God, you're generally not honest with yourself, where do you go from there, huh? You're going one step forward, two steps back, right? You're kind of going in circles in your life. But today's about progression, right? Today's about being productive. Today's about moving forward. Now let's look at some causes of anger in our life. Well, hurt, your friend says something mean to you, to another person at school, your girlfriend cheats on you, you're hurt. This emotion of anger starts to kick up. You know, your husband doesn't, you remember that you've scheduled something with a family or a friend, you know, you you, you feel not valued, you you know, you have these unmet expectations of anger. You assume your boss would give you more notice for a, a big project or an assignment that's coming up and he just drops it on you. You know, in consideration, anger. Your children didn't clean their room and they continually denigrate and desecrate the, your property, right? <laughs> They've gotten better, okay? You think your mom or dad favors one of your siblings and that's not solely for children. Man, that stuff stays with us all our lives, yes? And it's a source of unhealthy anger, the way we respond to that. And now, this anger, this, um, this emotion of anger, is, it, it's blinking on your dash, it, this anger is blinking on your dashboard of emotions in your life. It's, it could be jealousy. She made varsity, I didn't, it's because of who she knew. You, it could be just that you're so overwhelmed, you're exhausted, the kids are sick, you're sick, this one's sick, that one's sick, when's it gonna end? It could be physical pain. You know, a couple of years ago, kidney stones for like, what, it was like several weeks. I, I got this taste of chronic pain. It's like, wow, it could be making you angry. And of course, failure. You know, when we fail at something, the stress and the pressure that comes from not meeting what we thought was going to happen in our lives. So there's so many sources of anger, right? Meaning, my point is that some, sooner or later, we've experienced anger. Some of you might be angry right now. Some of you will be angry, hopefully, after you leave the cinema today, right? Listen, I am not good when it comes to wearing seatbelts. That might shock some of you. 
I've actually found a way to disconnect the seatbelt warning in my car. I'm not a mechanic. I know nothing about my car. I have figured it out how to disconnect that annoying beep in my car, right? Yet, you know, but I, but I have a wife and kids, and they're on me, man. They're constantly telling me, Daddy, put your seatbelt on, Daddy, put your seatbelt on, right? When I drive my in-law's car, I've timed it to know when it's going to stop beeping and annoying me and how long I can take it, exactly where I'm going to be on the block that I drive down. Huh? I've even figured out if I can't handle those, I think it's 6.5 seconds, that I can fool it by plugging it in and out, in and out twice quickly, all right? So I just, you know, <laughs> I just don't like wearing seatbelts. I know you should. I know it's good. I don't like wearing seatbelts. I don't like eating vegetables, right? <laughs> I'll probably die rear-ending a produce truck one day, right? <laughs> you see? He should have he should have put his seatbelt on and now he's got all the vegetables he needs to take him to eternity, right? Listen. The annoying noise that car makes, it's warning you, you are in danger. That's what anger was intended by God to do for us, right? It's sort of telling you you're in danger and do something about it. It's all wrapped up into one, right? And most, if not all, of the situations that I mentioned seem reasonable that we would have anger. Absolutely. Something's wrong here, albeit one degree or another. Something's wrong. Something should be done, right? And so anger comes up within us. But there are ways to respond appropriately to that emotion, huh? to that necessary emotion called anger. And when we do respond appropriately, we do not sin in our anger. But often, we respond negatively, not positively, and we do wind up sinning. We miss the mark, the target of what God has called us to in our lives. Huh? In a sense, simply, we turn from God and we take, on, we take control. We do things our way. And we wind up seeing now havoc wreak into our lives. Now... So there's all sorts of things that would make this happen. And, and then there are all these different sorts of unhealthy ways. I want to talk about a few of them. Unhealthy ways to respond to the emotion of anger. And the first one is spewing. We spew. Huh? Can't get on the phone right now. But maybe I just don't want to. <laughs> just give me a message. Taylor, hey, it's me, Trevor. I'm outside the concert, wondering where you're at. I think I'm in the right spot, and I think it's already started, and I was... Hello? Hello? Can't get on the phone right now, but maybe I just don't want to. <laughs> just kidding, leave a message. Hey, your voicemail cut me off. So what I was saying was I'm outside... Right now, but maybe I just don't want to. <laughs> just give me a message. Okay, I'll talk faster for whatever reason. Can't get on the phone right now, but maybe I just don't want to. <laughs> just give me a message. Funniest thing, keeps cutting me off. Gah!
Hey, I'll talk really, really fast because for whatever reason, your little voicemail message thingy keeps cutting me off. Maybe it's because you have a cheap phone. Yeah, I said it. Hey, look, look, I see the writing on the wall. I am here, you invited me, and I'm standing out here like some dork waiting for you, huh? I got stood up by a buddy. What is that about? This is so you. This is so high school all over again. You get some more important friends, and me, I'm left like some chump. You have bad breath. Has anyone in your life ever told you that? It stinks, and you will not have me, Mr. Trevor, to kick around anymore. Do you hear me? No more, bro! Full of that. Hey, hey, I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, I tried to call you, but my phone's jacked up. Anyway, the reason I'm late is I ran into this guy who was selling his tickets. You're gonna love this, okay? Get this, box seats, all you can eat, food, the best seats in the house. And the best part, my treat. I mean, think about it. You're my best buddy, right? I mean, what better way to say thank you than these? <laughs> Hang on, I was expecting a call. Let's take, let's take a minute. Oh, it's a message from you. And another one. And another one. So try and recollect as much as you can of that video. I'll return to it later. But as I watched the video unfold, I couldn't help think of this verse in Scripture. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11. This guy was giving full vent to his anger, huh? He was using his emotion of anger to let his friend have it verbally, right? And in doing that, he brought confusion and hurt into his friend's life and into his own life as well. Spewers, you see, they blow up. They yell, they scream, they shove, they hit, they pound, huh? Are you a spewer, huh? You're not gonna be a spewer here in church, right? But at home, are you a spewer? Around friends, huh? Are you a spewer, huh? They use their, you know, their, their tirades, their yelling, their, their intimidating looks to just do that, to intimidate others, to try and control people. It it's often can be very repetitive in how they go about it. They'll justify it as they're doing it, huh? The problem with this type of response to the emotion of anger and why the Bible says that one who acts in this way is only a fool, only a fool acts this way. I'm not calling you a fool. I'm saying the Bible says that when people act like this, you are acting as if you are a fool, right? Easter was so much more fun. I was a nicer guy on Easter, right? <laughs> is that when spewers act this way, they wound others and they wound themselves. And you know, you know that, right? Because most of the time when you're done spewing, you don't feel good about yourself. And you don't feel good about yourself because you know you've hurt those around you, those you love. And you wish you could take it, but you can't take it back. It's out there. And now you're filled with remorse and regret. Say, who are you to get in my head? Ah, I'm just telling you, this is what people have told me. This is what's been diagnosed, patterned, studied. It's just very common. More likely than not, this is what goes on. If you just stop and pause and just, you know, allow yourself to be honest with yourself 
and honest with God. Huh? And, and sadly, you know, they, we double down, don't we? So we initially acted out in a way that was sinful, right? And, and, and with this emotion of anger in a negative way. And now there it is before us, kind of that mess. And now we can say, okay, let, let's, let's stop right now and let's turn to God who's given us this emotion, who's also given us other abilities to talk and communicate, and let's say we're sorry. Or let's even better ask forgiveness. But generally, the spewer will not do that. No. No, he'll, they'll distance themselves, they'll isolate, they'll take that real remorse, that real regret, and they just bury themselves. Only now to have another ungodly, evil source huh, to, to filter that anger through in an unhealthy way. Did, I, did that make sense, what I just told you? So spewing is an unhealthy response to anger. In your anger, do not sin, right? A second negative response to anger is stuffing. Huh? Many Christians find themselves in this situation. You know, and a lot of, one of the reasons is that a lot of Christians think anger is a bad thing. And so they decide, well, we're not going to be angry. We're not going to, that's terrible to even be angry, to, to, to think about being angry. Or, or, or they see anything when it comes to conflict or confrontation is a terrible thing. And so, but we're human, right? We have these emotions, we have these feelings. We're not these, you know, robotic, you know, wonderful character, you know, all these just saturated with these great attributes people. I mean, we, there's a lot of good to us. God delights in us. He's made us in a wonderful way. And he's enabled us to glorify him and, and live out in these kind of corrupted bodies in a beautiful way, huh? But we got some faults going on, right? But we, but we don't want to kind of come to terms with that, and we don't want to come to terms with one another. So, you know, if someone does something that's, you know, offensive or hurtful or confusing, or, you know, we, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk to each other in a godly way. I'm not saying you jump on every little thing, but I'm saying, hey, something's gone on in a relationship. Let's talk about it, you know? I re really, in consideration not to what I can get out of it, but it, it's confusing or it's hurtful. And you know what? With the intention of understanding you, right? But instead, what we do is, as Christians, because anger is a bad thing, we shouldn't be angry. But remember, anger is given us by God to kind of give us this sense of a need for protection or that something's not right, and to now deal with it in a godly way. Instead, we just bury it, and we bury it, and we bury it, and we bury it. And what happens? It affects us. It, it affects us physically, ulcers, stress, headaches. It discourages us. It could even now take what God intended to be something good in a church or in a situation and really be, it puts a cloud on it that we don't even want to be a part of it anymore. And it all stemmed from us not handling the emotion of anger in a healthy way. That when we first felt that start up in us, we're like, oh, you know, we're so godly. We don't get angry. That's not happening, right? But you're not that godly because <laughs> I'm not that godly. And God gave us anger just to turn around and let us know, okay, something's not right here, right? To what degree, how legit it is, we don't know. Remember, we, you know, our filters are a little kind of off-key sometimes. But that, and so how are we going to, we'll get to it later on how you work through that. All right, so you don't want to be, you know, stuffers avoid people. They avoid places. And, and I've said this before many times. You, we're human. I mean, we we are the greatest of all of God's creation. We're His first fruits of all His creation. It says in James. But we are human, 
And so we have limitations, right? You know? We have limitations. And one of those limitations is emotionally. You can only stuff so much emotionally. And it's going to affect you. And I know some people, it's just how they've conditioned themselves, how they're going to deal with things. But inevitably, inevitably, even, it, you can't hold it. You can no longer hold that much stuff. And what happens? It comes out. And maybe over something simple or something's confusing, and you just blow up. To different degrees, you just go. You, right? Boom. And it's not a good thing at all, huh? And you don't even know how you got there, and you can't figure it out. You don't know whether to ask forgiveness or whether or not. You're confused. Everybody's confused. He was such a nice guy. She was such a sweet girl. What happened here? You know? They look like that emoji. Whoever was gone. <laughs> but it's just that you were stuffing things for weeks, months, maybe years, huh? So look, it says in Ephesians 4.26, in your anger do not sin. And it also says, do not give the devil a foothold. The Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Stuffers, you have come, have to come to terms that stuffing will cause you to sin. I kind of got my tongue there a bit. Stuffing will cause you to sin. Do not stuff so you will not sin, yes? When I viewed the video, it's an entirety, I'm like, wow, is this guy, he could be a spewer or he could be a stuffer, right? You know? I wasn't sure where the place that I put it up in the beginning would spew him because that was no doubt about that. But if you listen to him, he starts going back to high school and all this. He starts kind of pulling stuff out, right? He said, maybe he had some stuff going on there too, right? And what happened? Boom. All right. We can have anger but, and not sin. But we can really stuff our anger and not sin. It's just, it's, it's emotionally, it's impossible. Stuffing leads to resentment. It leads to bitterness. It, lead, it leads to exaggerated assumptions. Did you hear that? Exaggerated assumptions. Distorted views comes from stuffing. All right. Next, last way of viewing, dealing with anger in a negative way. And that's leaking. Now, leaking sounds more like a preschooler problem, huh? Than an emotional problem. But even though that's not what we're talking about, it can be embarrassing. So... In assessing myself, and I really stopped, I paused, and I thought about this. I would say I used to be a spewer, huh? Right? And now I think I'm more of a leaker. No, no comedy here. Used to be a spewer, now more of a leaker. I'm definitely not a stuffer, because I don't blame myself, I blame others. I'm still good at that, right? <laughs> As you saw earlier on, right? <laughs> now, I think lately, though, uh, the last few years, when I'm not handling anger well, when I'm not just leaning into God, I'll default to this category called leaking, huh? You see, when I get angry, I'll, I'll bottle it up a bit, right? You know, I mean, I, mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I, need, I should be composed, I need to be composed. I'm, I'm in that mode of being composed and conducting myself in a particular way, not only as a believer, but as a minister. So I'll, I'll contain it but only to leak out frustration in smaller doses over time, huh? I'll do that by like insinuating things. I, I, I would beg on to do it in my home, so now you know, I'd be composed and in control, right? I wouldn't be spewing or yelling or anything, but now I would insinuate things you know, to my wife. Huh? And uh, only for one day, and I think I've said this before, I don't know if I have, one day God just literally convicted me and said, when you insinuate, you're an idiot, really. You injure and you're an idiot when you do that. When you insinuate things to your wife, you, uh, you are injuring her and you're an idiot. 
And it really took me a, just, it took me a while to get that, you know, because it seems so innocent, right? When we kind of, in a composed and articulate way, say something, and, it, and you know, and it might even be a question like, uh, so when is it like, oh, so did you do this today, or did this, you know? And we're just insinuating, right? What that is, is it's leaking. For me, I'll speak, it's, it's that the way I'm dealing with anger now, it's beginning in an ungodly way, it's leaking out. I, I might toss out sarcasms, right? And uh, I'll smile, but you know, but, but it's not good. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of insinuating, I'm poking, I'm, I, I'm expressing now frustration or disappointment, and, it, and it's leaking that, and I'm dealing with anger in an ungodly way. Again, maybe initially that anger was showing me something needs to be addressed. That anger was helping me to see that, okay, something is displeasure or there's something uncomfortable, undesirable, we need to address something. That's okay. It's okay to feel that way. But now I'm responding to that God-given emotion in an ungodly way, right? I'm bottling it, I'm holding it, and it's leaking out of me and it comes out. I try and downplay it, right, you know? You know, I, but, but it never goes out well. Listen, the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 27. All right. So we do this. You know, we speak about anger a couple of times a year. Why? Well, because you're French Canadians. You have a lot of anger in you, huh? Bunch of, you bunch of stuffers. Reserved stuffers, I'm sorry. If you're a guest here and you're French-Canadian, I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> all right, listen. We're going to shift gears now and talk about some positive and healthy ways. What I was getting to is, I, I know the people I preach to, I know this area. Listen, it's a human problem, but I think especially in this demographic, we, we struggle with anger, man. And again, the way we respond to this emotion of anger. I see it wreak havoc in relationships. I see so much damage come from it. So many times, so much unnecessary, meaning, meaning it could have been resolved so simply. I understand these issues in your life seem so, seem so complex, but perhaps in actuality, it, it just, it, it are so much more simpler than you realize, but that because when anger comes up, the way we respond to it, we, con we distort things, we exaggerate things, we get going in an ungodly direction. It's our understanding, huh? not God's. We make a mess of this, huh? All right, so let's talk about just responding to anger in a way that honors God, that shows we have trust and confidence in our God. Consider this, situation, attention, appraisal, and response. So a guy, guy named Dr. James Gross. It's... I wanted to say gross, but it's actually gross, poor guy. So he's a, he's a doctor of psychology, and he's a professor at Stanford University. And he's, he does extensive work on emotion regulations, meaning how to deal with emotions, and anger is an emotion. So we're going to kind of take anger, we're going to fit it into this formula that Dr. Goss, gross, has, gross has come up with. <laughs> I'm really trying to, right? And, and also we're going to turn around and we're going to use the video we watched. So I hope you can stay with me. I hope I articulate it well. We're going to use the video we watched and the circumstances depicted in the video to see how you would apply this formula and how it could work out, and also then how we as believers could apply it to our lives. So first, situation, right? What happened? He was waiting to go into a concert. Second, attention. His friend is late. Third, appraisal. 
His friend is inconsiderate, careless, worse, it's directed at him. And it's always been this way, right? For response. He takes actions with words and behavior. He leaves a rude, hurtful, and harmful message on his friend's phone. You got that? Situation, attention, appraisal, and response. I want you to consider yourself and circumstances and situations that you've had. Now, how could he have worked through this in a way that displayed faith and trust in God? Huh? In a way that he acknowledged God and he didn't lean on his own understanding. Watch out for your understanding. It's your perspective and it's very real to you and it could contain some credibility and there's some accuracy in that understanding, but it's your understanding. And more often than not, it's going to be a bit flawed and it could be warped to one extent or another, right? Watch when you feel this emotion of anger through your understanding rather than lean into God, the God who gave you that protective, powerful emotion of anger. Now, all right, so... Let's see if we were to filter it through what God teaches us in considering God and honoring God. So first, in the video, he could have paused. Huh? So let's talk about situation. He could have paused. Ephesians 5.20 tells us, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm? So a waiting to consider, you know, while waiting there, he could have considered what he has to be thankful for. I'm not talking, this isn't Fruit Loop stuff, this is legitimate. I, I don't know if there's anything more powerful than Thanksgiving. Huh? The Bible tells us to be thankful in all things, in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. So, in doing this, he would have chosen to, to select a different view of the situation. You got me? So instead of standing there saying, okay, you know what, I'm waiting to go into a concert, he could have said, no, I'm just spending time right now. I got this gap of time, and I'm just going to start to think about all the goodness in my life. You know? I'm going to start to think about why me. Somebody blessed me earlier this week, and they called me up and said, you know, I was, I was just praying. I was in time of devotions, and it just hit me, why me? Why do I get to wake up this morning and, 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 and talk to God? Why have I been, has God given me this mercy and, and I've gotten through these things in life? Why do I have this opportunity to know him now and to live out my life in this particular? Why me, huh? Incredible, right? So imagine he just chose to stand there and just take that time and, and that gap of, you know, unexpected, you know, delay and said, I'm just going to be thankful to God right now, huh? So, that, so he would select a different view. Well, maybe in that mode, he might say, you know what? hey, I've got some time, I'm going to go inside and grab my friend a hot dog and a soda, right? So in doing that now, he didn't just change his view, but he changed his environment. I want you to listen to this stuff. huh? It'll help your marriages. It'll help your relationships with your children. It'll help you in your occupations. huh? So he, he, now by doing that, he changed his environment. So rather than stand there in that environment, maybe be susceptible to our adversary, or maybe being susceptible to just not feel it. He said, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to go do something productive and good, huh? So you change your surroundings. All right, next was attention. Huh? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, was that whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. While he's waiting for his friend, he could, he could choose to fix his mind on positive thoughts versus destructive thoughts, right? We do this, man. 
We sit there, and you, you find yourself doing that when, again, we call it getting angry. No, no, the anger is good. How you're responding to the anger is not good. Your mind is racing. You're, you're being assumptive. You can be exaggerating. You're fixing your mind on negative things, destructive things, ungodly things. Paul writes Philippians from a, sake of, from a place of joy and suffering. You're not even suffering. You can't have any joy because you're, you're putting your mind in a bad place. So what he could have did that. He could have stood there and said, you know what? Let me think about good things, good things in my relationship with this guy, good things about the potential and what could happen tonight. Just I'm going to fix my mind on things that are what? They're trustworthy. They're not going to corrupt me. They're not going to distract me. They're not going to undermine what God has me. It's trustworthy. It's pure. It's lovely. It's admirable. Next is appraisal. Huh? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Totally. He's assessing the situation differently now, right? He's not... Anxious, he's not stressed, he's not, he, he, that, he's not filtering that emotion through that. He's assessing it differently. And last, response, uh, which is like kind of like, it's, we call this a cognitive change. Meaning now he's going to filter it through, like, you know, he's going to think about it intellectually. James 1, 19 through 20. He, you're going to respond now. From all that, now you're in a place of response. Or even if you mucked up along the way, <laughs> you know, and now you're not doing well, and maybe even you've already began to act out not well, you still can respond. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It's not going to produce it. That human, that human anger, which is the negative response, the unhealthy response to the God-given anger, does not produce a godly righteousness in us or our circumstances. Listen, he's saying he could be considering his friend, right? Meaning now he's saying here, like, okay, you know, he's thinking about his friend, and, and he's like, you know, rather than just dwell on myself right now, rather than start to go in this negative place, let me think about him, maybe what's going on in his life, uh, let me try and understand where he's coming from right now. Let me, you know, he's starting to think, as the Bible says, to consider others before ourselves. It's, it's humility. He begins to employ godly humility. And he's thinking about his friends right now. He's doing what James says in a very practical way, right? He's listening. He's thinking. He's considering someone else besides himself. Now that's, I don't know if you're following me through all that. That might seem like a lot. But you know what? You've got the ability the capability to do all what I just told you because God's built you that way. I just gave you the word of God. You can do all that and you can do more. Often, we just need to give ourselves a little time, right? Meaning, instead of just poof, we just need to give ourselves a little time. I mean, if you would afford yourselves the gift of a few seconds and consider your God rather than go and take control and just act out, it would change your life. It would bring so much healing, so much help to your lives and the relationships in your lives. Last week I mentioned that I took my son to my seminary on Good Friday. And when I got there, it was closed, right? So I got to tell you, when I did that, you know, 
a bit of anger, just immediately this anger came up in me. And of course, as I've been working through this in these last several years, I now can sense it. I can sense anger. Not all of it, most of it. I've become that sensitive to anger and working with that and working through that. Now, I've told you that the seminary was closed, right? And first I got mad at the seminary. How could they be closed on Good Friday? Then I got mad at myself. Like, how could I be so disorganized? How could I be so stupid? As some of you have already thought of. <laughs> but listen, you want to pause. You want to give yourself a little time. And I said, that's what I did. I, I, you know, I talked about how I, I, I it wasn't graceful. It was a little awkward walking around to a mailbox. And, but as I'm doing this, I'm just trying to gather myself. Hey, Dave, Dave, come on. Turn to God. Think of God. Talk to God. God had something special here. You know, God's got, his hand is here. He, you know, yield to him, David. And, and, and I did, and, it just, and, and I was able to see it through in a decent way. Well, you know what? I think we see this in the life of Jesus. I'm going to now kind of take some liberties. But we see it in an emotion where kind of like this anger comes upon Jesus. Jesus is fully God. He's fully man. Everything you felt, Jesus felt, you know, amped up. Now, my son, Justin, I took him uh, this past Friday. So a week passed, and I said, oh, hey, you know what? Christy said, why don't you, you know, take him up again? I said, sure, why not? So I took Justin, we went up again, and this time it was open. How cool. <laughs> right? But look at this. Check this out. This class was on emotions. And it also was where the professor lets kids get up there and, and, and do a presentation. So it was, it, was, it was probably very interesting, a lot of variety. Uh, he was wearing a Yankee hat, and, and, and they actually, the guy used him as emotions of anger, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, I mean, it was just so much fun. They, they, were, they were joking with him, and, you know, the, and actually a guy said, I'm a Yankee fan, so when I see the, he actually went through the whole thing, when I see the Yankee hat, I feel great, and this and that. And, uh, but it was just a lot of fun, and he got to sit through this really topic that he could relate to, because some topics, it's just, unless you've been in, you know, these classes, they would just, the terminology would be kind of beyond you. Still beyond me in some cases. So, on the way home, he says, hey, Dad, I got a question for you. I said, go. He said, why is that, why is it that, that when Peter, and if you're a guest and you're a new believer, you don't believe in God, just hanging out with us as we get through this, uh, I think you'll grasp the, the principle and the point. He says, Dad, why is it that when Peter cut, cut off the soldier's ear, so the soldiers, the Roman soldiers are coming to arrest Jesus. Peter's there, and Peter just steps out, and boom, he cuts off the ear of a Roman soldier, right? He says, why is that when Peter did that, you know, it was a bad response, but when Jesus turned over the tables in the temple, that was okay, right? How can we see it that way? You know, it seems as though they both were doing a righteous act, and they seemingly both acted in an appropriate manner to their circumstances, through their emotions. So I thought, that's a good question, and I won't be bringing him to class anymore, right? <laughs> Clearly, he was paying more attention than I was as well. <laughs> All right, so I want to, how are we doing with time? We're right on it. Okay, I'm going to move through this. Here, let's go to John chapter 2, verse 13 through 16. All right? And it's a scene in the Bible when Jesus causes this ruckus in, in the temple, in the Jewish temple. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip 
out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. Now, it wasn't so much the selling of cattle and doves that was a problem. That was permitted. They actually helped people who had to travel from far away. They would need this for religious ceremonies. But it's the way that they were manipulating this. The religious leaders were manipulating this process to benefit themselves. The way they exchange, the way they would, if you were from this town, now you came here, you had to change money. They, would, they, would, they were finding ways. You'd, they'd give a, a, a pure sheep to one person, say, hey, you know, that's a long line, go home. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll make sure it's sacrificed for you. Then they'd go and sell it to somebody else. See, they were just manipulating the system, huh? They were exploiting people. They had made this what was intended to be a, a time of worshiping, worshiping God into a commercial venture. So here's a scene. Jesus comes in and he's making the whip. I want you to consider him making that whip. And what's he doing? He's got a pause, right? He's, I mean, and this is where I said I'm going to impose some liberties on the scripture here. Just the fact of stopping to make the whip, he's pausing. Fully God, fully man. And maybe in that pause, he's thinking, I'm going to take this to the head of one of these religious leaders. This is my father's house, a house of prayer, a house of worshiping my father. And look at what, how they've desecrated it. But maybe in that time, he's like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't take it to their head. Maybe that's not the best thing to do here. But maybe he turns around and says, you know what, but I can take this whip and I can run around. And I can hit the donkeys and the cattle and I can just, and he can just scatter them. And really, some people have come to you that, that in doing this, he just was hitting these animals. The animals went crazy. They, they kind of just charged. They hit tables. They knocked it over. It's a reasonable interpretation here, right? And in doing this, he comed up with what I say is more of a measured response than a reactionary response. I didn't tell Justin this. I, you know, nor is this original me. It's actually a friend of mine, Andrew Chaco, uh, who's working on a similar message. It's something that, you know, and he got it from a volunteer as part of a setup team in their church. So, you know, those volunteer people who do setup, they're not as stupid as they look, right? All right. <laughs> Sorry about that, I'm sorry. I only got like four hours sleep last night. Give me a break, okay? <laughs> I guess I'll be setting up next week, right? All right. But, you know, again, this pause, I'm, I'm, the pause to stop and have a time of reflection and a time of consideration, it could be seconds, it could be two seconds, but what it'll do is it'll bring you in a place where you're leaning into God rather than yourself. Worship team, why don't you come up we're going to finish up. Look, our anger may be telling us that something is wrong, that we're in danger. We've got to be, and that's okay. We've got to be careful not to have a negative response to that anger. Because whatever it is that we're filtering through might be legitimate or not illegitimate. We might be exaggerated or accurate. The only way we really decipher that is when we respond in a godly way to that anger, right? So that guy might have felt, you know what? This guy really is rejecting me right now. Very painful rejection. So he might have sensed, hey, I'm being rejected, and, 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 and the anger begins to well up, and if he just carries that out through his own human way in an unhealthy way, well, you saw the result. But if he pauses and walks through the steps that we've given you now and leans into God and trusts God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? Acknowledges God in all his ways. 
well, then he's going to be able to decipher. He's going to be able to see clearly. He's going to be able to see, hey, what's legitimate, what's not legitimate. And even what is legitimate, I'm going to handle this in a way that's going to glorify God. And I'm going to make this circumstances better. I'm not going to let circumstances dictate how I live, right? I'm not going to be a person who's tossed to and fro like the waves of the seas. Whatever circumstance comes up, that's what's going to dictate my day, right? That's not how we want to live. We want to trust in God with all our heart, soul, and mind. We want to lean into God, and He will make our path straight. Why don't you stand with me? So we had a lot of practical information today. There's a bunch of Bible verses. We know what God has for us. We believe that truly God's word is what will help you get control of your anger. It'll also help you not only get control of your anger, but it'll help you avoid God's anger. It's a, it's a difficult subject, huh? That, that, to even say those words together, God and anger. It's peculiar to some people. I've had people sit before me and say, you know, I really, I, I think a lot of what you're doing, and, and it's fun and enjoyable, and, uh, and, and I believe in the love and the care, but this whole thing about God and anger and this wrath thing and, and, and Jesus on the cross, it just, I, I, don't, I just can't deal with it. It's just, I can't, and, and they've, they've, you know, not come forward. They've not remained as part of the church. They've not continued what God, not me, not us, but what God started in yeah. them. And it's, it, it brings sorrow to me, huh? Because, you see, here's the thing, and hang in there with me for just a few more minutes. The Bible says this. I know you're going to hear words like sin, and you have all these premonitions. There's another word, holy. More than anything else, God is holy. And why is that important? Because Dave Trelongo... His love, it's imperfect. You can ask my wife, right? Okay. You ask people in this church, huh? When I've worked, I've, I've grown in five years, six years. I've worked through things. I, my love is not holy. It's imperfect. It's not pure. My anger is not holy. It is imperfect and not pure. And then everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, we got that out. But God, it says in Isaiah, uh, an Old Testament book written before Jesus was born, but it said it ab about him, it says about God, that God's love is holy, holy, holy. Yeah. God's anger is holy, holy, holy. It's pure. It's without fault. Right? So you got this passion and this pathos. Pathos is your, you, it's, it's being considered uh, in depthly and detailed. God's anger, there's an extraordinary amount of consideration and detail and, and, and re going on there, to put it in human terms. Sometimes our anger, the way it comes out, it, it's, it can be more of a passionate, right? And so it's going to be maybe imperfect. But God knew what he was doing when he poured out his wrath on his son, Jesus Christ. And why did he do that? Because he hates that emoji, that purple emoji. He, God hates him and he hates God. And the way he gets to God is by bringing you to a place of sinning that you would now turn from God. You would resist God. When we sin, we sin against God. We're creating this kind of a, you know, a, this cloud between us and God. And God loves us. And so he gives his son, Jesus Christ. And he hates sin. Sin has to be paid for. A price has to be paid. So he pours out his holy wrath, his holy anger on sin. You know why? Because he loves you and sin's going to destroy you. And Jesus takes it on so that we can be free of being slaves to sin. Not perfect, not that we would never sin, but we can be free of it. That when we, we sin, we can turn to God and say, forgive me. 
and thank you for what Jesus did, that he paid the price on the cross, so now I can be in a position. Rather than have Satan in a place and a position, I can be in a place and a position of standing before God honestly and openly and talking to him and feeling the freedom that comes with that, feeling the lightness and the warmth that comes with doing that, huh? Knowing that Jesus gave his life for us, if that's you this morning, if you want to turn around and work through that this morning, if you want to turn to God, if you want to ask God to forgive you for your sins, for those things that you've done in your life, that's what I did. I didn't sit there and make a list of them. I just said, you know, Lord, God, I don't even know if I Lord call Jesus, just help me. I, I want to be closer to you. I know you're there. I know you're doing something in me. Thank you that I can be here today. Thank you for, for bringing me through all the difficulty, the pain, the confusion. Thank you for just letting me talk to you now. Help me. Take me along the way. Be here with me now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for giving your life for me. And you know what? When you do that, what God started in you continues, and things that will well up in you will be so healthy and so positive that God be the glory.